Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So I'm excited about tonight because you know who you are. I don't know. I could be one person, could be five, could, I don't know, could be the whole place. But there's some of you that probably have a sense that I've got destiny in me that I need to release. And you've been trying to release, but nothing's happening, nothing, nothing. nothing. There is a issue that we must address tonight so you can get launched because men in this place are at the tip of the spear in the remnant war that we must fight for this time. So you combine the pregnancy with the long, strong rod, and I'm thinking, boy, the, the pic- that's some strange pictures I'm getting. I mean, pregnant men with long, strong rods for the enemy. I'm like, whoa, boy, just peculiar pictures. But uh, man, it's just, it's just so exciting to be here. Uh, so if we can go to that front first slide, and then I'll, I'll, I'll praise in. Thank you. You can be seated. Uh, no, actually, there was one before that that had the QR code and that in it. Do you have that still? There we go. All right, so, so we're, on Saturday, uh, my team and I will be at El Cajon campus. Now, here's the thing. We're all being beat up in this culture because of anti-racism and white fragility and all this other kind of stuff, this demonic stuff that they want to sort of push down our throats. So what we decided to do is come up with racial unity training and certification. So when your employer comes to you and say, hey, you know, we need everybody to take this anti-racist training and all, uh, you can say, look, hey, I've already taken it with every Black Life Matters. I understand racial sensitivity. I've got the certifications. These are the modules I've taken, and you, you're good. Now, some, some employers may still demand or ask that you participate so they can build teams and all that. But when you go in there, you will not be traumatized because you'll understand exactly what's going on with these other. And so you men who want to participate in culture in a way that God has designed for you to, you must, I I would highly, highly encourage you to attend this. So please, it's a QR code. Please take that. Uh, By the end of this, it'll come up again. But I want you to please take a picture and, 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 and RSVP. Now, I understand there's all kinds of stuff happening on Saturday, and you may not be able to stay for the whole, that's fine. Stay for one module, stay for two modules. You'll be certified for whatever you stay for. But please come out and support this event. It's no charge, it's no charge. So uh, we're doing it because we want to combat the narrative out there, and you need the ammunition to be able to do that, okay? Fair enough? All right. So uh, I, have a, I, have a, I have a word. Uh, on, 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 we can go to the next one. On fatherhood, and, and uh, what was interesting is this is not a Father's Day message at all. It's actually a message for anybody from 12 to, you know, senior elderly in here. And I know we have, a, um, you know, we have some younger youth in here. So it's a message for all of us, uh, and it's really interesting. Uh, it's interesting for me, you know, Holy Spirit teaches me everything, and I, you know, because I'm a brother from the hood, I just don't know much, but Holy Spirit, 
ah, he makes up the difference, boy. He makes me see. If you read my books, you're like, Kev wrote this. Oh, man, get out of here. Kev didn't write that. Yeah, I did. But it's all Holy Spirit, so you could see the difference. This is like, this brother, he didn't come on now. So, um, so, uh, so, and so when I was going through this, and he said, this is, this is going to release these men who have all this destiny that's been kind of, you know, just churned up and ready to be released. And, and I said, okay. And then started going through this, and I just learned so much. So um, before I get started, I just want to ask, uh, would you bow with me? I just want to ask that the Lord would just uh, do his work. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful and thankful that you've given us the privilege of prayer. We know, Father God, that you've, uh, you've made this day. You've allowed us to get through it victoriously in all of our different ways. You've allowed us to assemble again here as men. We thank you for the Emerge Night and all the worship and all the wonderful things that have gone on. Now, Father, I'm asking that you would, that you would bless this, this yes. vessel, yes. that you would help me, that I would not speak about me, for me, to me, but that I would speak only the things that Holy Spirit ordains that should be spoken tonight. You know the, the, the men that are here, yeah. Yeah. and you know what they need to hear. Whatever it is they need to hear, I ask that you would just speak to them in whatever way you must. So Holy Spirit, do your own perfect work. We understand that you teach all things, so we're asking that you would teach us tonight. Whatever it is we need to know and understand, and, and whatever we need to learn about the Father. So just have your way. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and honor for everything that, that, that comes out of this meeting. We're just thankful that you would just honor us with your presence. And uh, we ask that you would just have your own perfect will yeah. in our midst. Yeah. Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, so uh, let's, uh, let's just talk about this a little bit. Um, interesting subject. Uh, let's, uh, do you have a clicker? I don't have a clicker up here. So I can't. Okay. All right. So we'll just do it like this. So, so, so what are we facing? So what we're facing today is chaotic times throughout the country, throughout the world. It's a global issue. So uh, globally, we're having breakdowns in families, in communities, in, in all kinds of, of, of different areas. Our children are being maligned and abused. Uh, they're being perverted at very, very young ages. And uh, our communities are just, just dissipating. They're destroyed. So, uh, we, you know, with the crime and, and everything else that we're doing, what we're facing is a, a complete breakdown of God's design. The thing is, is that men have a strategic purpose in that design. And so what we're missing are men. We're missing fathers. So we'll talk about that for a second because one of the things that we see here is that, you know, we, these, these are kind of the unwed mother statistics. 70% of uh, blacks that are born today are born into an unwed house. And... Uh, you know, 50% or so for Hispanics, et cetera, et cetera. You see that. So as the family goes, so goes society. It's just, that's just what happens. So what did God ordain for the family? If we can go next. So the, uh, we're, we're literally in a civil war of our times. Uh, the culture war is a civil war. It's, it's, you know, that we have to face and fight. Um, and here's the thing that the Lord spoke to me. He says, son, 
The issue is, I'm calling out men, remnant warriors, men in awakened church to awaken. And he says, you have to understand, I want you to tell the men that men are always on the front line. In every war. Men, fathers, are always on the front line of that war. Never can, if you cannot win a war without fathers, men being on that front line. In this culture war right now, no, men are absent. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you got mama bears, you got moms for liberty, you got all these other organizations. Wonderful. They're fighting the fight because men are absent. I mean, I mean, I hope you understand what I'm saying. This is, so we have, we have not recognize the moment, first of all, that we're in a literal cultural war, and we have not stepped up to, to what we're supposed to do. Now, you have a great pastor here. He's, he's giving you the war cries. He's, he's preparing you for the fight, and he constantly is, is encouraging you. have discipleship teams, and you're doing that here, but this is, you're an anomaly. And even here, a lot of men have destiny that they're trying to birth, and they, they need to to, to, to do that. So we're going to do that. So let's go next. So um, why is this chaos happening? It's, it's fathers and fatherlessness. And uh, here's, the, here's, the, here's the scripture that the Lord gave me, and I thought, that's, that's interesting. It's Matthew 23, 9. He says, and call no man, uh, no, call no man your father on earth, for you have a father in heaven. I thought, well, that's interesting, God. Now, why would you he said, because I want you, there's a focus, there's an emphasis that I am your father yeah. first. Yeah. Wow. And I release spiritual destiny. The men in awakened church, wow. they have this bent you know, in them, but they're not in front of me. Wow. Now, I'm not saying everybody, I'm just saying some who have who've been trying to do this thing, and they, so, so he said, look, um, Adam, he said, the model for father, fatherhood, where I am father is, look at Adam, Adam, uh, you know, Genesis chapter two, and what happened with Adam? He met with father through the cool of the day. God then says, you know, I'm going to, um, uh, I, I, I want to give you dominion and control over this garden and everything here. He says, but better than yet, I'm going to, I want you to name all of the fowls of the air and all of the beasts of the field. I want you to name. So he, gave the, he appointed and anointed him to do very specific work. But it was always at the father. So, so what fathers do is we establish, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the workings. We establish boundaries. We est- and then we give direction. Yeah. And he says, this is the model for fatherhood pervasively that a lot of fathers probably don't, haven't really paid attention to. But you meet with the father, you get your assignment, and the father will make sure that you get the work done. Now, after... Adam met with father. And after he named the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field, guess what happened? He gave birth. 
then came Eve. If you look in the very, he, he said, so, so here's the point. Let's do the work that the Father is calling us to do only in his presence, though. We can't assume what he's saying. We have to be in his presence, just like Adam was. This is the model for fatherhood. Father, if, you, if I'm your father, first and foremost, then you need to spend time in my presence, and I'll give you the direction. Because I know where I want to take you. You can only assume in your feeble mind where, you want, where God wants to take you. And then that's when disappointment comes in. That's when, de- well, you know, when God disappoints you, it's like, huh. I think I want to deconstruct my, you ever heard of deconstruction? That's a literal movement right now. Because people, because God had, because people have got disappointed with what God gave them to do or didn't know what God gave them to do. And they, they went off and, and they're just, you know, they're disappointed in God. And so the point is, is that the focus and emphasis for us in order to be launched to that next level God is saying, okay, this is the model. You come to me, I'll assign you, I'll appoint you, I'll anoint you, and I'll release you. Just like with Adam, I'm the same God, I'm the same Father, and I need you to come to me just like him. So that's, that's, that's the one thing. Uh, can we go next? So the Bible says, and to, to, to make it, to show you what happened here, is he took me to various scriptures. He says, look, these scriptures, just a few, but there's a lot of them. Fatherlessness, you know, um, uh, uh, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of fatherless, defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. He defends the cause of fatherless. I was like, so, so why are you... So? He says, because fathers literally are the cornerstone of culture and society. Wow. I build families and homes and local homes with fathers, but culture and society is built on fathers. And those are people that can manifest my presence who have been with me long enough that I can trust them to do magnificent works, but they need to do, spend that time. Just like Adam. So, so, um, so this is why you could find a lot of scriptures about fatherlessness, because if you don't, so, so what, what was happening here is he says, look, somebody please step in for those who don't have a father so they could, so we can continue to move that culture, that society, that family along. Because if they don't have, if there's no attention to the fatherless, it would, the, the culture, you know, goes, it diminishes, like what we're experiencing right now. Right? Does that, does that make sense to you? So, 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 so that's why he was so constantly talking about now the fatherless. Now, the reason why they were fatherless is because they had wars. They were tribalism, right? They had wars. And so there, there were a lot of men, only men, going out and doing the fight to, to maintain their boundaries and their all that. We you know, read about it throughout the Old Testament. But that's what was happening is those who would you know, not come back from whatever wars or whatever types of tribal you know, type, uh, you know, chaos, that they, then that's what would happen. So we would have a lot of fatherless, and there was an expectation that somebody would take care of it. Okay, can we, can we continue? So why is it important? Well, fathers give discipline, correction, affirmation, belonging. These are all the things that God gives us. 
right? These are all the things even that God gave Adam. He says, look, you can have the whole garden, but you know that one tree, you can't. Ignore it, just don't, you, that, that's when it's off limits. And when Adam and, and, you know, rebelled, you know, he and, he and his wife, uh, then there was consequences. God says, look, I'm a loving father. I love you, Adam, but, you know, this is where it ends, bro. You're going to have to get out there, and you're going to have to get to work and do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I told you. This is what good fathers do. You set up boundaries. You, 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 you know, you tell them you're going to hold them accountable for a certain standard. You're going to make them responsible, and this is what God does. This is what he does to us. How many people have been disappointed by God? You, you thought you were on a... And, and, uh, we, we should all have been disappointed by God, by something that we thought, well, God, what? You know, maybe it, was a, maybe it was a parent or a loved one or whatever that we thought for sure he would heal because they were believers and they were believing God. Hey, I'm claiming my healing and all. And they died. It was like, well, I don't... Why did that happen, God? What's, what's up? Why do we see so much of this? Why do we see, you know, why, why is evil just rampaging? Where are you? What's happening? Why are, you know, and, and so we've all been disappointed and God is saying, look, yeah, there's, there's, there's consequences. You're going to see things that you expected me to move in and I didn't move in, but I know the long game. I remember when I was growing up, see, let me give you my quick story. So my father was a, just a terrible alcoholic all of my formative years, just terrible. So we, me and my sister, would literally have to roll him up the stairs every morning because my, my mother worked um, at the post office at night. He'd come in three in the morning. He'd be drunk and just sloppy and throwing up all over the... And we'd have to take him upstairs and put him in bed pretty much every night. And, um, but while I was in it, I was like, Lord, take this man. He's, not, he's, he's garbage. He, you know, why, do we still, why do I have to still have a dad? Right? Because he was just... It was terrible. And uh, as I got older, I began to see why he was so important, even in my disappointment. Wow. Come on, Kevin. He was important because he taught me incredible things in his state. Wow. I saw him abuse his wife. I saw him drunk, and I saw what impact it had on me and my sister. And I swore I would never do that. So he helped me set boundaries for me. Wow. Do, do you understand? We, we learn from our disappointments. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so when God disappoints us, just like when our father, our natural father disappoints us, we can learn from that. And God, taught, God told me, he says, look, you know, your father's married 62 years, mighty man of God, uh, you know, he's got all kinds of apartment buildings in San Francisco, just... You know, multi, he, he, he's, you know, a made man. And, uh, and, and, but he said, I taught you not to be casual, not to even flirt with alcohol because it runs in your family and you, you would just be a mess. And so it was valuable life lessons you learned in his, in his state. Right? Here's the point about this is that we, we have an expectation that because we have a relationship with God, we would not be disappointed. We may be, because it, we may be down, thinking of a certain path that he doesn't have for us. We, we, we think that um, because I have, I've been estranged from my children, I want to get my life together, uh, you know, because uh, I want to get my life together, because I, when I, and then I'll get reconnected. No, I encourage all men, get reconnected now. Yes, sir. 
now. It doesn't matter whether your life is together or not. They will learn from you in your current state. You, you don't want to be together. You want them to learn. So go to them as you are. Say, look, I'm jacked up. Son, daughter, this is, hey, you know, I like to smoke the blunt. I'm not working. I'm doing. Guess what that does for them? They're like, man, man, we don't want to be like this cat. <laughs> no, really. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I don't want to be like that. Right? So it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So we learn from each other in our positive and negative attributes. I mean, this is all part of learning. This is all part of learning. So, so we men, we have to, you know, this is all. But they give, you know, fathers and, you know, God gives structure, order, responsibility, direction, goals, all that. So he provides a working model for connecting, understanding, and relating to God. And this is very, very, very important. Can we go next? So here's some inconvenient stats that what happens when we don't connect with our children. When we don't connect with our children, in other words, they, they, they have a father, but they're disconnected. The father's never around. He never, they haven't seen him since they were born, something like that, right? This is what happens. Five times more likely to commit suicide, six times more likely to experience poverty, nine times to, more likely to drop out of school, 10 times more likely to abuse drugs, 14 times more likely to commit rape, 20 times more likely to go to prison, 32 times more likely to run away from home. So I encourage fathers, please, just connect with your children. You, you know, we have a hookup culture. I understand how that works. Um, we may have four or five kids, four or five different baby mamas, or even more. You know, some of these MP, NBA players have 18 different baby mamas. I'm like, man, what, what you doing, bro? It's crazy. But, you know, they connect with their kids. You know, God bless them. They connect with their kids. I'm like, 18? I'm like, okay. But... Um, but the point is, is that if we can just connect with them, this shows that we love them because we'll prevent this kind of stuff from an outcome if we just connect with them. So we don't have to live with them. We understand that you can't have a nuclear home with five, six different women who hate you because you left them. So, so just to connect with the kids, that's all. It's like, just, just connect with them. Just say, and if they won't let you see them, fine. Just, just call them. Say, look, hey, I just want to say hi you know, to my son. Can, can you just put him on the phone? I just want to say, hey, hi, daddy loves you. That's it. That's a connection. Wow. It doesn't take a lot, folks. That's good. But if you love your children, yes, this is what you will do to prevent oh, that. So good. If you love your children. So good. So good. Now, here's the next step. Let's take a look at this next one. This is what, so, so, so we have a culture now that's telling our children that, look, you know, white man's world, man. Bro, you're not going to get anywhere, man. Why even try? Come on, drop out of school, doc. I mean, look, you know, uh, you know, cisgendered white male started America, and uh, America's an unfair place. It's, all, it's a racist place. It's, it's always been that way. Uh, you know, we have oppressors, and we're all victims of that oppression. So why should we go out and do anything? Right? Why? So it's, it's, it's complete demoralization wow. of children. Wow. And not only do they get this within the culture, the teachers tell them this. Wow, that's true. Yeah. They, they that's teachers true. tell them that. Yep, yep, yep. 
the CRT. Teachers say, look, it's a white man's world. You're a black kid. You know, you're not going to, come on. Scientists, yeah, come on, little Johnny. Come on, you're not going to be a scientist. This is what they tell them. Okay? And black men, you know, they, these are the types of things, the types of tropes they say. Ethnic minority men can't take care of families because you're victims of whites, right? Um, black men are targeted and oppressed and jailed and killed because, via police brutality. And uh, we're perpetual victims. So why even try? We just, just let the world come to us. This is the mindset that gets people just killing people senselessly, yeah. throwing them on tracks. Yeah, it's true. Because they're like, hey, well, so what? It's white man's world? I'm going to find me a white man and throw him on the tracks. I'm going to find me a white man and just start shooting. I'm going to find me a white man or women or whatever and just start hitting. I'm going to find me an Asian and just start, you know, doing my thing. Because they don't, there's a resignation, a demoralized resignation that's been just forced on them. And so they don't think, they're like, well, come on, what's the difference? So if we go next, here's the What's interesting about this is that it's not just ethnic or black men. Now, you guys are on Front Street. The reason why, so here, it's almost the same argument, slightly different. White, white cisgender males are the problem. White men are oppressors. Traditions confine and restrict. And trans are victims of God's mistake. So therefore, you know what? I'm just going to be a trans. And 90% of the trans movement are white females. Wow. That would be your domain. When I was talking about the brothers and the ethnics and, and what we go through and how we're resigning that, I didn't expect you guys to jump up because there's not much you can do about that. We're so racialized and not like you could even try to mentor a black young kid right now because there's no trust there and they don't, you know, they're not open to that. This is where you can intervene. The trans movement is huge. And it's just taken off in the past, maybe ever since, you know, current administrations been there, quite honestly. Yeah. They ushered in a level of demonism that. And so, um, so they're taking your children. Now, once your children get involved in these types of mindsets, trying to get them back, you, you can get them back. At some point, you can pray them into the kingdom at some point, but they are hardened. Yeah. Their thought about God is like, are you kidding me? I'm a trans. God, you're telling me that God is loving and all this. Look what he did. He made a snake with me. You know, I got the, uh, you know, the pole and the stick and, uh, you know, I should be something else. So, 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 so that's how they, and, and so that's a hardened thing that at some point when they grow up, you know, and you try to, how do you work with that? How do you work with that? So this is where fatherhood comes in. This is where you sit before the king, you sit before the father, and you say, look, I have a son, I have a daughter, they're being confused. Uh, I have a niece or a nephew, I have a school district, whatever it is. And the king will say, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to run for the school board. I want you to minister to your trans-thinking kids as they start to kind of think they need to investigate that. This is what, exactly what I need you to say. 
We can't get those instructions on our own, guys. We're not, this is a demonic spirit that is so deep. It's not something that natural thinking will get you anywhere with this. You can't, this is not logical, it's not reasonable, it's not reasoned. It, it, it's, it's impossible to try to break that with our own natural thinking. We need supernatural thinking to do this. So, so if we go next. Here's the problem. For your words, you'll be justified. Your words, you'll be condemned. So if these children really truly believe that, look, it doesn't matter what I do. If they really believe, look, it doesn't matter I'm a trans because, you know, there is no God. And he, if there is, he made a mistake. This, is, this sets up a real issue for us. And then this other thing that I'd like to just mention, 1 Timothy 5, if anyone who not, does not provide for his own, especially those of his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an evildoer. Now, I'm going to ask you to raise hands here. You, you may be an anomaly, but there are some men here that maybe you haven't been as judicious in taking care of your own. Yeah, that, that child, that illegitimate child you haven't talked to in five years, that's your own. It is. I mean, you know. Uh, connecting with your children, that's, that's your own. Uh, um, uh, not intervening in the trans conversation because you're afraid or you don't quite know what to say, but you haven't set before the king and asked for his direction. That's your own. So if we're not doing the things there as men, I mean, 1 Timothy 5a is pretty clear. If we don't take care of that, I didn't even think there was such a thing as worse than an evildoer. Right, yeah. How do you mean worse than an evildoer? Like, oh, what a, worse than an evildoer? What in the world? What, I mean, I know an evildoer just goes straight to hell, but how do you be worse than an evildoer? I mean, you know. So it's a, it's a pretty serious thing, right? So if we go next, here's the thing. Uh, the, the whole point of this meeting is that the nation is fatherless and God is calling on, he wants to start here on this, these men to release you into culture, to release you into the culture wars and put you on the front line to take a standard for your family, your community, your friends and your neighbors. And the only way we're going to seek God as father first. Yeah, we have natural fathers, but the, he already told us, that, look, compared to me as your father, <laughs> your natural father is not going to. We need to relate to him intimately, just like Adam did. He said, give the brothers this model. And I was like, man, that is deep. I didn't even, I never even looked at that model, man. God, you're teaching me some stuff every time. He said, this is the model, intimacy. In the cool of the day, I used to whisper to Adam, I used to whisper back, we used to, and we asked for his guidance and his pathways. But here is the most, most, most important thing that you cannot miss. You have some men here that have gone through things in your life. And uh, this messed you up. Maybe it's the next wife. Maybe it's, you know, 
um, your children. Maybe some things you did to your children. And, or maybe some things that they did to you. And the Lord told me this is the, the thing that he wants to want you to get tonight to be released. Um, you need to reconcile with your family first. But second, you need, you need to forgive. It is not optional. It is not optional. We've all been through some stuff. We've all had, you know, things that, Lord, I can't forgive that man. He did this. I can't forgive. Man, you see what she did? She embarrassed me. I know. It's tough. You want to reconcile with my father? Man, my father used to rape my sister and this. I understand. These are horrible stories. These things have happened. You may have even done some things that just just horrible. And you're trying to figure out, well, how do I make this work? The Lord told me that your destiny is in your forgiveness. If you do not do that, the scripture says, Mark 11, 25 and 26, if you do not forgive, your father in heaven will not forgive you. I mean, you know, I wish, I wish we were different brothers. I mean, when I read that, man, I did a forgiveness study. I was like, okay, I need to search this out. How many times? I just went looking at forgiveness, and, and every single time was conditional. Every time. You can do your own study. Every time. Even in the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus, they said, look, Jesus, teach us to pray. And he said, okay, Matthew 6, 9 through 15, this is what. He said, Jesus, teach us to pray. He said, okay, our Father, which art in heaven. He says, and forgive as we forgive, right? And forgive us as we forgive. Then at the end of the Lord's Prayer, guess what Jesus did? He said, look, brothers, that was a prayer. That was the Lord's Prayer. He said, but look, if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Matthew 6, 9, read all the way to 15. It's there. I know some of us are contemplating, what does that mean? How do I do that? And I, I can't forgive because, you know, this and that. So here's what God wants you to do. God, look, my heart is to forgive, but right now I cannot. Come on. Can you help me? Yes, beautiful, Kevin, beautiful. That's great. Can you help me? Yes. God wants you to just place it at the altar. Yes. He'll give you a heart that forgives. Yes. But we've got That's to great. take that step. We got to be acknowledged, you know, I can't do it in my own. God, this, this is terrible what happened, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. But you have to be able to forgive, so just give me that. Now, if he doesn't give you a heart that forgives, he would be a cruel taskmaster. How could you ask for people to, to forgive everybody, and yet you don't give him a heart that forgives? No, he will. He'll do it. So here's what I'm asking, brothers. I got the, do I have that song right there queued up? Do I have that video? I'm going to ask, oh, no video. Ah. Ah. Okay. Do I have a song? <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. This is, this is my, a good friend of mine who, who actually wrote a song, A Heart That Forgives. And uh, just, just an incredible uh, pictorial of what that looks like. 
Um, so no video and no song, so we'll just keep going. That's all right. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to ask you, brothers, to really begin, because some of you are pregnant. You, you feel that call. Some of you really want that release. You want to be able to be one with God. But he won't even let you in his presence unless you take this step of forgiveness. He, he won't. You have to lay it, give it to him. And you have to forgive. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.